Now, your favorite music apps are available on Contour. Go from watching a musical to listening to your favorite music. Enjoy a country western and then a country jam. Or go from action flicks to something that makes you feel like an action hero. Now with Contour from Cox. Hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Greg DeMarco Show. There's a lot of things I like, and I like the Greg DeMarco Show. Greg DeMarco, I love you. Really? This is Leanne Marie, and I just wanted to say that I love Patrick O'Dowell. We all love Greg DeMarco. Really? I like Greg DeMarco. Sometimes, at night, we spoon. Anybody got time for that? No, Greg. No, Greg. I'm serious. I love you. Don't do it like that, baby. Hi, kids. Is someone took it out? Can I love you, Greg. Damn! We all love Greg DeMarco. Do that I love Patrick about? Yeah! Greg DeMarco? Oh, you guys are so adorable. That's going to be a soundbite right there. (laughs) You're welcome. This is the Perfect Ten, Scarlett Bordeaux, and you're listening to The Greg DeMarco Show, the only show, the best show on the web. What is up? We are live. It is me, Greg DeMarco, and this is, of course, The Greg DeMarco Show, where we encourage you to always use your... TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. You can, of course, follow me on the Twitter at ChairShotGreg. You can follow TheChairShot.com at TheChairShot.com. ChairShotGreg and TheChairShot.com also work on Instagram, Facebook. I would say anywhere else, but that's pretty much all of them. That's all the ones that we use anyway. So we do welcome you in. We're very excited to have another great show for you here today as we kind of run down some television ratings as well as a few other things. But as you know, I do not do this show alone. Oh, no, we cannot have the best 55 minutes in all of professional wrestling with just Greg DeMargo because, damn it, that would get boring. So what do we do? Well, if you've been listening to the show, you know, pretty much ever, you know exactly what we do. Problem is, I can't find the damn guy's theme song. So maybe I'll just maybe I'll just bring him in. What, what do you what do you? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bring him. Patrick O'Dowd, I lost your theme song. I don't see it. And you have more than one theme song to choose from, dude. I don't want to use the old one. The old one's old. I, I don't I don't like the old one anymore. I just can't find can't find the theme song. This is the One Girl Revolution, Taylor Hendricks, and you are listening to The Greg DeMarco Show. Yeah, like, really, I can't find it at all. It's kind of, it, I don't know. Oh, wait, oh, oh, there it is. F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S. Let's 
Lizzy Carmella to my Oscar. It is at Wrestling Realist on the Twitter. Don't worry, I, I got this one covered for you, Patrick O'Dowd. It's at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T on the Twitter. It's Patrick O'Dowd. I, I gotta say, messing that up last week might have been worth hearing your head explode. <laughs> it was so funny. Like, I can't get back I can't to it. It was amazing. It was. Like, it, it was. It, it's funny it was stuff. Because really here's the thing: is I, I usually don't have to do the promotion. Like that's, I know. that's your job. You you on the show and he's like, and you, and just out. well no, because here's Greg Demarco on the whim. Hey, why don't you just do it this time? You know, I know. Eleven years of podcasting, and suddenly now I have to do work. <laughs> we, like, what we, is this? We've been doing this for eleven years. All of a sudden, like, how, how to become eleven no, years know. of just, podcasting? Just making up time. I don't mean whatever. No kidding. Like, it's been a while. Like, we've yeah, it has. It's been over so, seven. If we but, uh, and, and and quickly, um. In regards to the current theme song, hashtag and still. That's right. Mella is money. Yeah. That was well. There's a there's currently an argument going on on the Chairshot Facebook group about Oscar being wasted, and and people are, are just basically saying that I don't understand what they're saying and their armchair booking, and I don't care. Like you guys don't like this story ends at SummerSlam, and we got to get there. We have pay per views in between. It's not NXT. What you do in NXT doesn't really mean anything unless they wanted to. And once that streak was over, it didn't mean much. That streak was mostly Florida yeah. house shows that, that was against nobody. Yeah, I just I, I just whatever. We're gonna talk about fans in a second. Um and, and armchair bookers and all this stupid stuff. And it is what it's the same thing. Um I'm gonna come around I'm gonna talk about the, the moment that really I came around. With this whole okay. stupid idea that when somebody get comes in, that they must win at all times, period, or they're wasted. Who is the top yeah. guy in SmackDown? Who's the top guy? Oh, are we doing this now? Like, like you're just. Well, you're I'm just doing this wondering. right now. I'm talking about the moment I came around and stopped. Well, as we all know, the face that runs the place, the face that runs the house that AJ Styles built, would be, well, the cover boy. AJ Styles. What happened? We've gone we've gone down this road. What what happened to AJ Styles when he right after he debuted? He had a nice appearance at the Royal Rumble where he where he made a yep. good showing for himself. What happened after that? He lost. He lost. He lost it. He, he lost, lost it. You know, he lost at uh, whatever it was called, um, road roadblock or fast lane. Yeah. He lost at fast lane to Roman Reigns, and then he lost yep. at WrestleMania to Chris Jericho. Yep. And then something weird happened. He started winning. Yeah, he started winning a lot. She Turned heel, became a lot. champion. He's still he's he's still one of the longest reigning champions on the current roster I, right now. He I, keeps winning. I need to go. I need to go back and do the math, but I I think and because we did it once before, like he's had a title belt longer than, than he's not had a title belt in the WWE. Oh yeah, or some, something ridiculous like that. It's like it's I wrote not the even article really months ago about yeah. AJ Styles, and he's had a title belt at the time. I think it was like sixty-seven percent of his WWE career. That's only Obviously now up. that percentage is higher. Yeah. Like, this so. is insane. By the so, way. Oh, 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 oh continue. So I'm just, I'm just going to say, Asuka's going to be fine. Like, she's going to be fine. Of course she is. Right. Of course she okay. is. But it, it's, now, it's now, you know, now, the now, playlist, now. it's the booking. Everyone's going nuts with their own fantasy booking now. Like, they just don't even, you know, just don't even understand... Well, yeah, it's just uh, 
unfortunately, we get stuck with people who don't understand the business side of the wrestling business, which we talk about time and time again. And I know what drives people crazy was going to continue to drive you crazy until you get it. By the way, speaking of going crazy, I do. It is my week to select the old school song of the week. And there's only one song that I could possibly do. And we're talking about TV ratings and the way people go crazy with TV ratings, but one song to choose. It's not playing though. Our, our few <laughs> blog talk radio and, lady continues and, and, right now. Let's play this is my yard now. She, 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 she no sold the song, man. No sold she the did. song. I'm not. I'm not happy with her she, right now. She ultimately ordered it's, your ass. It's kind of the newer sound bites that are having this this problem. Although no, right, it has right. been some of the old ones. Although let's let's try it again. Oh, oh, there we go. We are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. All night long. Oh, all night long. That, that happened like minutes ago. I, I'm just gonna, I'm not going to say anything. This is the greatest uh, thing ever. Let's try this again. Let's try this. You're still being muted and, and you haven't been muted yet. Like I was going to give you a minute and 11 seconds off, but it's just spinning. Like this is, this is fantastic. We are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Your little mute button is going to keep spinning for the entire show, I, and, and maybe at some point it'll actually mute you right in the middle of something just absolutely brilliant coming out of your mouth. Yeah, I, I see it happening. I'm going to have a thought, and then that thought's going to go away. It'll be like the best thought I've ever had on the show, too, yep. like in the history of the show, like in the two hundred years, years, years of it. this program. Yep. I was I was going to make the number bigger throughout the rest of the show. By the way, you should. Um, like. We we will have started this show back when like Christ was walking the earth at, at some point. I think I was going to go back to the AD, like you know twenty AD. There you go. Right, right in his wheelhouse. Twenty AD. That would be and, amazing. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be absolutely so, fantastic. So this got weird. So yes. The, uh, you're still spinning, by the way. It's really funny. It says you're live and you're still talking, and so that's great. But. Uh, I did pick Let's Go Crazy, the song of the week, because that's what people do when ratings come out. They go crazy, and and that's kind of what fans do in general, but they, they go absolutely crazy. And the bulk of our time today is going to be spent talking about ratings. But before we do that, 
I do want to dive in just a little bit and talk about WWE Extreme Rules because I feel like this show is almost like an interesting little experiment that the WWE might have done had they really wanted to, although they probably didn't. And, and it was just – well, it was rather interesting, and there's a lot we could talk about, including the stupid Kevin Owens spot that everybody seems to love but me um, because I just think it's an unnecessary risk it's in 2018 to throw somebody off top of a cage through an airbag-filled announce table. Like, it just seemed odd and not, not smart to me. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Am, am I wrong about the Kevin Owens spot? You're not wrong, but again, we also look at wrestling through a different lens. Um, we do, and I think you know, I think that's uh, like it's it's like when we talked about the the New Japan special last week. You know, we talked about her own, like same same sort of thing. Like, is that spot necessary? Do you need that spot? Um, you know, it got Braun over huge, um, but yes. you could have done that. You could you could have thrown Kevin Owens through the cage, um, and it would have been fine off the top of the like. I can't like I can't watch the famous McFoley spot comfortably anymore, um, and right. any spot like that. Like I remember when I went to a Raw um, at Mohegan and Jeff Hardy did did a um, did a spot off the top of the cage where he was he was doing the spot jumping down onto uh, I think it was Umaga at the time, mm-hmm. um, and cringe like can't I just. We, we talk about how much we love these guys. And I respect that they want to entertain me. Um, I fear for them and don't need them to do that to entertain me. Right. And that's what... Plus, for me, it's two straight pay-per-views of these spots by yeah. Kevin Owens. And, and so what's going to happen in the future? Like, are we going to do – if he does this again at SummerSlam, now it's, it's his thing. It almost is his thing already, mm-hmm. and yeah. I don't want it to be his thing. Like, he's so much more than no, that. No, no. He's so much more than the spot off the cage guy or the spot off the ladder guy that I just feel like it's, it's going to put him in a position that he doesn't need to be in. So, and, you know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm willing to be wrong. So I'll be wrong. So definitely can – can happen, but I, I want to ask you more about what happened with this crowd. I mean, what in the hell was wrong with the Pittsburgh crowd? The the quote unquote main event, and I put it in quotes for a reason. But the match that happened to go on last, because you'll notice the announcers never called it a main event. JoJo nope. didn't announce it as a main event. It just was the last match of the show. This card didn't really have a main event, which I kind of saw going in. But they gave the fans, quote-unquote, gave the fans what they want with Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins in a 30-minute Iron Man match to close out the show at Extreme Rules for the Intercontinental Championship. Not the WWE Championship, not Roman Reigns, but Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins. And Patrick Dale, what did the fans proceed to do? Uh, they acted the fool. Um, and throughout the entirety of the the Iron Man match when the clock was at, when it was up on the big screen, uh, proceeded to count down the 10 seconds of every minute of the match. So much so that the WWE took the clock off of the screen for right. a brief period. And then they had to put it back up because Ziggler and Rollins needed it. And then they, they, yep. they, you could have done without it. The referee can communicate with the talent. Obviously, that's how sure, they got sure. word back that they wanted the clock back. But it, it's... Yeah, it, it's just so stupid. Like, this is—I'm just gonna die. I'm just gonna go right there. You know what this proofs to me? 
this yeah. proves to me that the problem for the fans is not one specific guy. Roman! The no. problem with the fan because they did this to Ziggler and to Rollins, and they love mm-hmm. Rollins, and they love Ziggler. So, yep. you know, if, if this was an Iron Man match for Roman Reigns and they're doing the, th- the countdown or whatever, yeah, okay, I get it. But you did this to Dolph Ziggler and you did this to Seth Rollins. It, it's it's the problem is not Roman Reigns. I honestly believe that the fan – we had this conversation privately, but – and this confirmed this for me watching this pay-per-view. People literally watch the show to either A, put themselves over. Or B, find reasons to be unhappy. Like I cannot find – because people will complain about anything. It's gotten to the point now where if I'm Vince McMahon, why would I – I mean first of all, he already doesn't care what the fans think. And you can't yeah. book that way because if you book for the fans, then you're going to be sitting with them sooner rather than later. And and so Vince McMahon can't do that. But I mean this just proves right now that there's no point ever doing that because they will never be happy. And, and we've – opined that they'll never be happy, but now I believe it's proven. Yeah, I think that this this was a perfect example to me watching this show. And, and I want to establish, I don't think all the whole of Pittsburgh that was in that arena was looking to put themselves over. What I do think happened was that there was a significant crowd of people who went there to put themselves over, and the rest of the crowd followed it uh, oh, like yeah. sheeple. And, and bought into it, and then we're like, "This is fun. Look at how look look at what we're doing, ha ha ha!" And kind of ran with it. And, and you know, those people that you're talking about, Greg, they walked out thinking that they really showed something. That you know, yeah, I'm sure they that they it. think that they walked out and they won. In preparation for this show, like like about a week ago, actually, oddly enough, it was it was so funny that this came up, um, and that this happened because about a week ago. I, I reluctantly started sending you some some private message tweets from mm-hmm. from a guy that we give a hard time to uh, a lot of times on this program. Though you're coming around a little bit more on him, and you're being a little little easier on him. That's Dave Melter, mm-hmm. uh, and it was a conversation that that was was really about a booking decision in regards to Lex Luger not beating Yokozuna at SummerSlam. But it came down to this this concept of the crowd reaction, why the crowd doesn't listen. And do you mind if I go through these like a few of these tweets just to like, put them up because I think they they match. Uh, Melter Melter kind of lays it all out in, in a way that makes a lot of sense. Uh, he, and he starts with it's not Roman, but Cena who taught him, and he's talking about Vince in this in this sense. In the sense that he fought the audience and was right with Cena. Therefore, the audience that makes the most noise isn't the big picture. And Cena proves there's something to that. The the person then moves on to say, well, would that be a bad for his run? Mel, or would um, Going back to Luger, was Luger not beating it? Was it bad for, for his run? Uh, compared to Roman's multiple failures, is it bad to Roman's multiple failures versus Brock? Meltzer's like, it's hard to say. Vince listened to the audience in a different way. Now he feels like he has to fight the audience before he didn't feel that way. That's Dave speculating on Vince and what Vince really thinks. We don't know if that's true or not. Partially, he wants to be in control. Partially, he believes he knows best. It's really not as simple as you think, as marketing studies and fan response at TVs are often not similar. And then he wraps it up with, because somebody's, mentions, well, 
that didn't affect Hulk Hogan. And Meltzer's response was that business was different. Just because it worked for Hogan didn't mean it would work for Cena. It was a live event business then. So this is, again, talking about how reacting to the crowd was important for Hogan. Now it's a brand business. They're very different. You have to look at Cena's role on the Today Show and stuff. Being a heel wasn't the move. Because they, you know, proceeds into talking about why the fans want Roman to turn heel. You know, Vince should listen to the fans and turn Roman heel. um, Just like he should have turned Cena heel. And this this point gets illustrated when you look at this because dumbass fans are going to walk out of this show in Pittsburgh and be like, dumbass fans crapped all over the, all the entire or fans all crapped all over the product. They hate it. They hate it. They hate it. That crowd followed some people who were being idiots and douchebags, as I wrote it. But that crowd doesn't match the pages. I'm telling you that exist of their market research and data points that show what they're putting out there is what gets consumed the most. And on some level, and this is the thing that that drives me nuts, if people are consuming it, then people are enjoying it on on a level. So you can't tell me that people don't like Roman Reigns. People are watching Roman Reigns. They have the data to show it, or they wouldn't keep showing you. They they just wouldn't. Um, I think that's why AJ Styles gets gets shown because he's he's being proven to be effective, not just with the the hardcore marks. He's being proven to be effective with a greater crowd, or you don't keep him at the top of your program. You just don't. Yeah, you're exactly right. And and the Cena thing is such a great example. And and I wanted to go back to that point real quick because even yesterday I was arguing with somebody, and I won't even go into that situation, but. People were saying that it was never this bad with Cena, and I think it's selective memory because it was worse Absolutely with Cena bad. at times. Oh, God. Like, it was it was definitely worse. They just don't remember because a lot of these fans were younger back then. I mean, we're talking WrestleMania 22, 23, so now we're getting to – I mean, those two, the reaction to Cena at 22 and 23 was insanely bad, and that's kind of what Roman Reigns is getting now. But you're exactly right. Like I don't even think Vince fought the fans. Vince just didn't listen to the fans. Yeah. And it was like you said, live event business. Now it's a brand business. We talked about that last week too. Mm-hmm. It's 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 what makes money is completely different nowadays. You don't make money the same way in 2018 that you made it before. And I, I had I had the time, I would have put it together. But if you go back and listening to the the video YouTube clip from Raw last night or Monday night depending on when you're listening to this, when Roman gets the fall, there's a pop from the crowd. And yep. then the boos come in. Like, and, and that group think you talked about is definitely there. Like a small population of fans will do something, and then the casual fans say, oh, this seems like fun. Let's do it too. And so they play along. That's what happened with John Cena. Those same people that, that sing John Cena sucks are the ones that pop when his theme song begins. And, and that's why there's a pop when Roman Reigns' theme song hits, and then the boos rain in. It's the same people doing it. Yeah, a small, smaller example of the group thing uh, that just didn't take off or di- didn't remain as constant, Fandangoing. Like, fa- the, the yeah. Fandangoing, like, I'll go with the fun thing. Fandangoing. Like, that lasted, what, two shows? Yeah, like a month, maybe. Top, maybe. And that was something the WWE actually tried to run with because they thought it might be something. Right. And it wasn't. What's the people who were really leaving that went away and you realize the Fandango character really isn't going to go very far. 
Like, like yeah. it stopped. It went away. Yeah, well, when Chris Jericho himself even said, like, it was the chant. It was the song that got over, not the yeah. performer. Where, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before. The Yes chant was literally created by – Daniel Bryan didn't create the Yes chant. He started the No chant. Like, fans were yep. literally chanting Yes at Daniel Bryan because he was chanting No. He was a heel who would chant no when a face put him in a predicament he didn't want to be in, and the fans would chant yes against Daniel Bryan. The yes no. chant was literally a negative thing towards Daniel Bryan, and then when he turned face, it became a chant for him, just like the You Suck chants for Kurt Angle and the John Cena Sucks song when he comes out. Like, But no one wants to acknowledge those when it comes to Roman Reigns because it's Roman Reigns, and – and, and here's, I mean, Vince should never listen. If Vince listens to these fans, then we're in for some other wrestling company on top because it's just never going to work. And well, all and YouTube blowhards, people on Twitter, like they just don't get. For every one person on Twitter who tells us how bad Roman Reigns is, there are like ten Roman Reigns fans accounts. Yeah, I'll take this even a step further because the the, the other guy. Who's getting propped up? And we talked about this on, a, I don't know if it was last week or another previous show. The guy who gets propped up suddenly as the guy who gets it is Triple H. And I and I and I think that people think that when Triple H is like fully, completely in control and running everything, and he's the last voice, that suddenly WWE is going to be booked like an indie. Yeah, and and I love because people see what happens it, like. Like there's a meme right now that shows tri- a shock Triple H, and it says when you worked so hard to build Oscar and NXT, and Vince screws her over on the main roster. Like, don't you think Triple H is playing a role in how Oscar's currently being used on the main roster? Vince wasn't even at Extreme Rules. Like Vince, it's been yeah, reported that Vince wasn't there. It's, yeah, it's it's insanity. It's it's absolutely it insanity, is. and it is and it's a steadfast refusal to look at what's being put in front of you, uh, which then leads me to this other thing. That I just don't get, and we, and again, this is something that we've talked about off air. Uh, and actually, there's an interesting article that I I haven't responded to that's on the chair shot that, that kind of takes a different tack on this. But I do ask the honest question for those people who claim to hate this product so much and who go out of their way to kind of go after it and knock on the on this product. Why do you continue to watch this product and do what you do at these things? If you hate it so much, and part of yeah. it is the attention, but why? And I'm not, not going to tell you to change the channel, and I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I need to understand why you keep watching it. Right, and and this is kind of what I told you again. Well, first of all, there's two reasons. There's two reasons why sure. they do it. Some of them are just crazy and just want to sure. be crazy. But I honestly believe, and I don't think this was intentional by so many of these internet fans, which again represent about 3 to 4% of the population. Do the math. Go to the big Facebook groups that are really, really active. It's like 80,000 people, and only half of them, not even half of them are active in the group. Trust me. I, I, I run one of them. I understand how it works. And, yeah. and I honestly think that they've gotten themselves to the point where they can't even be entertained by it. Like they've literally pushed themselves so far into one direction of complaining that it's become a narrative that they may not even really be able to control. Yeah. And that's why I've actually told people, stop watching. 
Like my advice to you is to stop watching because you'll never find enjoyment the way you're going. But if you stop watching, you might actually be able to find some enjoyment, you know, when you come back, whether that's a month, whether it's six months, whether it's a year, whether it's never. And you suddenly you discover something else that you enjoy. Life is too short to purposely watch something that you hate. But I honestly think their goal has become they're, they're not watching it with the goal of being entertained. They're watching it with the goal of just dissecting it, tearing it apart, finding reasons to hate. And if they do those things, they've met their goal and they're actually happy. But it still makes Vince McMahon and the WWE money. That makes him and so that's much the money. part that blows my mind. It's, it's insanity. And, and, the, and, the, and that fan versus the fan who talks about another promotion about how much better it is and a better experience, I'm happy that you like that promotion. Support that promotion. But don't try right. to make a promotion that's not that promotion, the WWE. Don't try to make the WWE Ring of Honor or New Japan Pro Wrestling or any number of whatever it is you have the ability to watch. Yeah, um, or they you have the ability follow. to watch. And, and that's and, part and, of what the the article you're talking about, part of what it references is that not everybody has the ability to watch the other things. I and with and that. I love – I love Tiffany. She works very hard on the website. I disagree with the article, and and I'm allowed. I still ran it. I'm the one that published it. I'm the one who picked the picture. I mean, I'm the publisher of the website, and I think that it deserves a voice. But I and I understand that it's it's somewhat of an excuse, somewhat of situations people let themselves get into. Um, But there's that convenience factor again. We we said it over a year ago. People want Kenny. They don't want to watch Kenny Omega in New Japan. They don't want to go to New Japan and watch Kenny Omega. They want to take Kenny Omega out of New Japan and put him in WWE. And it's just, you know, even when it happens, they're going to be when, – when Kenny Omega eventually shows up in WWE, and it's probably happened, um, watch people be upset by it like because it's not going to be they the will. same guy because he can't be the same guy because it's a different company. And the one person yep. who knows that more than anyone else is Kenny Omega. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think I saw – the other, the other part of it is, is that they, there's going to be a belief for when those four, because everybody thinks it's going to be those four, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Cody, are eventually going to make their way, you know, in Cody's case, back, so. and the other three make their way there. Any, you know, Cody, Cody will come back to the main roster, no problem. He's been at the main roster. People are going to go bat shit crazy stupid when the three of when the three of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks show up on NXT if they show oh, up yeah. on NXT they, and they may not but I think they will I think the Bucks definitely will I do too um, you know Omega's a maybe but I, I think you, you look at you look at the track record I you, AJ Styles is about it like you don't get hot shot like Samoa Joe worked NXT he did. Bobby Roode, suppose, forty years old. Shinsuke Nakamura worked NXT. Yeah. So you were an IWGP champion. Yeah. It's what you do. It's what you and do. people like to use Gallows and Anderson not going to NXT as an example of why the Young Bucks That's won't have to go to example. NXT. Not at all. Not a fair example. No. Gallows they, they, definitely worked in the main roster before he, he left. He for did. Japan. He did. And what are they doing? Like, like, I'll be honest with you. How many people <laughs> listening right now know that they're on SmackDown? They don't. They don't. They, they got moved over, and they've done next to nothing. And 
it's it's but it fits the narrative, and that's what we always talk about is fitting the narrative. So I want to call a quick audible and, and skip the news of the week and come back to it at the end because I think yeah we can it'll go yeah, away, yeah, go yeah. It, it'll give away too much of what we want to talk about. But we want to talk about television ratings. But but I mean we, we we've already been very. Well, I think this uh, dovetails nicely into what we're talking about. Actually, I think. Oh yeah, works. it definitely does. Yeah, it definitely does dovetail nicely. But you know, before we we do that, we've got to make sure that everybody's adequately prepared to talk about television ratings. So I will give you the next thirty nine seconds to properly remove your pants. It's time to get off. Taylor Hendricks, and you are listening to the Greg DeMarco Show. You're welcome. Oh, man. I'm terrible. I really am. Yeah. The funny thing is that you and I know you're terrible. Not everybody gets it. But the, there are people that do because I someone last oh, yeah, week sure. I got I got a message and it was like three minutes into the show and you just played a Taylor Hendricks soundbite. <laughs> like, oh yeah, 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 no, no, I know that there sure are did. No. Oh man, no, oh, good old, good old Taylor Hendricks. Roman, just because. So. We do want to dive into television ratings because that is a hot, hot topic, and that's what drives people crazy. And much like the wrestling business in general, and I've made this comment, especially I'm on a group of people on the inside of the business in Facebook, and it's a group that I'm not going to tell people where to find it because you can't join it. I'm sorry. Patrick could join it, but the others cannot, and I apologize for that for bringing it up. But the comment – Someone they'll occasionally post what a fan posts about wrestling, and they don't—they're not insulting to the fan, but it just kind of is a chance to express some frustration. And I always kind of make the same comment: people don't even know what they're watching when, and it's oh, the comments are always about WWE, and people don't even understand what they watch. I keep using the same analogy: you're watching a baseball game and complaining that it's not football, and it just doesn't work that way. Like you're just go watch football; it's, it's just so much easier. And it applies to television ratings as well because people are talking about television ratings and quoting television ratings and using television ratings to support their narrative, and they don't even know what they're talking about. And, and my eyes are kind of open to this by 83 weeks, which is becoming heavily influential to our show and, and to our perspective of the business. But then bypass or go down because as you revealed previously, you have been a Nielsen ratings person. I have, yes. And, and well, so we want to dive into that. Yes, you were. That's right, Nielsen family. That's a very good point to make, actually. And and so with the television ratings, like it brings up question number one, bullet point number one: uh, What did television ratings even mean, man? Like, what exactly is it that that we're watching and and what we're trying to measure and what it's based on? And and you've obviously done some research on it and opened my eyes to some research research on it. 
so so what, define that like like and I know you sent me a couple articles and and we can even tweet those out <laughs> they, later. They they didn't really read. No. Um, I read them. So I know, I know you did. I'm trying to I'm trying to um, articulate this as briefly as possible with it, in terms of what they mean. So the, what the ratings are, and there's a couple of there's a couple of different parts to it, but essentially what it is is it's a it's a projection of the percentage of households that are watching any given program at any given time during a day, and they it's it's like it's like doing um. I think the way I explained it to you, because it's, it's using a, a sampling, a statistical sampling, very similar to what pollsters use uh, when determining the winner of an election, except that Nielsen does it every day. Uh, and, and what they do is they, they take the, this small sample of what is, what they estimate to be of the 118.4 million households in the country. Like that's their estimation of how many households are. They take this small percentage of uh, of what's supposed to be a representative group, and they track and they project what these people watch onto the rest of the population to then create a number of what they think is, you know, the percentage of the total population of households uh, and and televisions actually. Even it goes down to the number of televisions that they estimate in a household. What's actually being watched? Which percentage of the population is watching Monday Night Raw over the course of three hours, for example? And they do that for all of these households, and and they're tracked at all times. Uh, and, and so, you know, I'll let you I'll let you respond to that part first. But in a nutshell, that's really what it is. It's a projection of what they think is the number of you know households, um, a percentage of the number of households with televisions are watching a program at a given date and time. And the, and the higher the number, the higher percentage of households with televisions that are that they believe are watching that show. So here's what blew my mind about this this article. Like I said, we'll, we'll tweet it out. Uh, number one was, was the fact that Nielsen estimates that there are 11.4 million households in this country. No, 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 no. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. I'm sorry. 118.4 million households. Yeah, there you go. There you go. 11.4 is and, a lot less. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, no. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, and and so they in, – in, in a way to determine the viewing habits of 111.4 million households, they study a sample of 41,000. Give or take. That just blows my mind. And as you pointed out to me, it wasn't even always that many. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, used so this to be a number that we base everything off of is a guesstimate based on the habits of 41,000 people. The television viewing habits of 41,000 people who uh, any given day might decide to watch something. Like it's just absolutely nuts to me the way that, that we put stock into this. And, and yet that's the biggest indicator of the success of a wrestling show? That's insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean, you're right. In the sense that what what I find really interesting is that the method that they use, and and you, you know, the method that they use, it works for, it it used to work much more effectively than than what it does now. It does it does work for things like again, this is the same sort of thing that they do for uh, for elections with pollsters, except that. 
instead of it being a, a black box that's hooked up to your television, it's you walk out of the polling places and they ask a random sampling of people who walked out, who'd you vote for? Then they take that and they project that out to be like, okay, you know, Donald Trump won this county in Wisconsin. And they'll do it. You know, people always are like, how can they know who's going to win with, you know, 0.1% of the precincts reporting? It's usually because that statistical drawing point that they're using is, is accurate enough and can be projected enough to, to comfortably predict who's going to win that particular state. And there's other things that ta- that are taken into consideration when you look at, and it's not a, it's not an apples to apples comparison because, you know, in a traditionally red state, you're going to weigh in, you know, if this, this state and County tends to be heavily Republican and vote Republican, you basically know that, you know, you get three people that say we voted Republican and yup, it's, you know, nothing crazy is going on. So, you know, they're, they're not exactly, you know, 100 percent representation. The other thing that's really interesting is that you talked about it being dependent on the viewer. So there's two ways that they actually they, they grab data. The the way that um, they grab the, the daily numbers is through this box that gets hooked up to your, um, that is connected to your television. At the time, it's changed a little bit, but it's connected to your television uh, that tracks, um, you have to sign in who's watching. Um, and this box actually then talks to, like it was hooked up through a phone line to a modem back in the day, but it'll talk to servers um, in New York and Manhattan and and collect all this data of what's being watched on the television. Uh, That's assuming that the person watching the television is actually watching the, you know, is watching what is on there. Say you're my wife. My wife turns on the television, you know, to, to have background noise every once in a while while she's doing other stuff. Is she actually watching whatever program was on? No. No, absolutely not. And so it's, you know, it's far from a perfect sort of thing. And that is a, that is a, um, you know, that's a, that's a small example. That's not something I'm saying is happening everywhere across these 41,000 households, but you can see where a lot of this stuff starts to become unreliable. What else, what is also really interesting is that Nielsen is kind of like blockbuster video. In that blockbuster video, missed the changing trends in renting movies and watching movies. Yep. The only difference is Nielsen's the only game in town, so there's no Netflix to come along and say, we've got a better way to do this. And so until very, very recently, Nielsen even admits they weren't taking into account DVR. Right. So, like, not watching a program live. One of my favorite Greg DeMarco hashtags um, that I think I shared a lot of times when when he was watching Raw um, was uh, Raw is DVR. Right. Because because you wouldn't watch it live. You'd watch it later at your own convenience and skip Mm -hmm. commercials. And if enough households do that, and more and more households do that, that impacts the rating of what the live programming is, which is what they're looking at. What the live viewer was, not what the recording viewing viewership of that show was. And that's not even getting into streaming, and the the fact that there are now numerous like Hulu and Netflix and a lot of these other you know services, even cable networks and channels. CBS has a streaming service, for example, HBO. Right. Um, they they are there's they're just now learning how to track that. 
So it tells yeah. you a lot about what the numbers can really mean or not mean. Or not mean. Yeah, exactly. Based on yeah, – they're not even funny. up – yeah, but – with with the advent of all these streaming services, you know, like you said, CBS, every single network has their own streaming services. There's Netflix, there's Hulu. My assumption in that for the longest time was that that I assumed that made tracking better. That was just my natural assumption. We've implemented, implemented more technology. We have a better gauge on people's behaviors. What I love that I found out in the articles you sent me is that Netflix actually blocks the tracking software that Nielsen uses so they can't yep. track anything on Netflix so that's exciting and they've had to implement some kind of audio file to try to track and, and they're working together because Netflix sees a value in it and, and I get that because Netflix wants the reporting for themselves they can determine what they're spending money on uh, but my favorite thing that I want to learn more about and start to dig into and, and research is something that a, a phrase that you know despite all the things we've learned from Eric Bischoff in 83 weeks he introduced a phrase this week on the episode um, about Bash of the Beach, 1994, and he talked about HUT levels, which stands for Households Using Television, because we may know how many households there are in the country, and we may know how many households there are. We, we have an estimate of how many households have at least one television, but then there's a factor of, well, how many of those households were actually using that television on that night? And, and Bischoff, and I, I, I take what he says here is pretty smart because the man still works in television now. And he doesn't work in wrestling. So, you know, he still produces and sells TV shows. And he talks about how HUT levels tend to go down as you get in through, through April and, and all the way through as, as the, the nights are, you know, nights become longer and people can stay out and do more things. And, and the immediate thing I thought about when I heard this was the WWE's calendar. And again, how people think the WWE is so stupid, but really they're not. So between the months of October and April, Patrick O'Dowd, how many quote-unquote big four pay-per-views does the WWE have? Uh, between when and, when and October? October and April. How many big four so, pay-per-views take place? So are you counting WrestleMania as a, yes. this is early April? This is early April. So, so you've got... WrestleMania, and then I would argue SummerSlam are the two. Okay. Between October four. and April, how many oh, you're big four pay-per-views take place? I went the other way. I went the other way around. Sorry. You did. So between October and April, so then you've got, um, if you're still counting Survivor Series, which I don't know that yep. you can. Are you you're counting Survivor Series? Really? They still treat okay. it as one, so yeah. Uh, fair enough. So you've got Survivor Series, you Rumble and got WrestleMania to tail it in. in. Exactly. So I went the so wrong then, way. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. That's okay. I then thought, between, I, thought I probably calendar year. Right. No, and, and that makes sense. Then between late April and early October, how many big four pay per views are there? Well, there's one because I, I need exactly. to SummerSlam. So tell yeah. me the WWE doesn't know what they're doing. They put their three three of their big four pay per views during the time when more households are using television. And and they put less of their big stuff in a time when less households are using television because it's summertime. And as we learned this week, the number of households using television goes down during the nicer months of the year. And and that's just normal. We're not cooped up inside. We want to go outside. We're, we're, it's how we're wired. It's how we're built for the most part. So there would be, again, knows what they're doing. And and the whole ratings thing just just drives me crazy because of you know how P 
people factor it into what they want to talk about because Raw last week drew its second lowest rating of all time. So, Patrick O'Dowd, if you're an internet wrestling fan, so you have to remove yourself from the self-respecting, you know, well-educated person that you are and become an internet wrestling fan for a moment for me. You see what I did there? Raw has its second lowest rating in history. What are you immediately going to blame for that? Oh, it's um, Roman Reigns' fault. It's the WWE doesn't know what they're doing. They got their heads up their ashes. Asses. They're telling terrible stories. Everything's falling apart. This is the worst ever. And the WWE is circling the drain. Watch out because New Japan is coming for you. Okay. Now let's flip it around. SmackDown <laughs> has a low rating. Who are they not blaming? Um, AJ Styles. Yeah, or Daniel Bryan. <laughs> for or that Daniel matter. Bryan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Because what I, do they I, say? I oh, well, the, the WWE's doing a terrible job using those guys on SmackDown. Oh, yeah, they're and not that, being booked you know, properly. They're not being booked properly. They're being wasted on such a terrible product over on SmackDown. Right. Like, it's just fitting your narrative, and, and it's just so stupid <laughs> that we even let people get into it. So we know now that, that ratings – and look, Raw has had two historically low ratings this year alone. And SmackDown yeah. has had some really bad ones this year too. Didn't Raw? How much money have has WWE signed on to for Raw and SmackDown coming up next year? Um, oh gosh, something like a couple billion or so. Yeah, that was just in case people just have this on as background noise, like many people do with their televisions. That's billion with a B. (laughs) These are billion dollar television contracts. I'll step you one up further um, because there was a tweet today. I don't know if you saw it. Um, WWE shares uh, today were at eighty bucks a share, putting them at six point eight billion dollars as as a company in terms of value. <laughs> but they're circling the drain. They are. The end is near. And I wish I could find that tweet. I meant to I meant to retweet it and send it to you and save it. I'm sorry I did not. But yeah, they okay. hit six point eight billion dollars. As a, as a company, the end is near. Nuts. It's over. It's over for you, Vince McMahon. You're done. Right. No, no company left for you. You, sure you, you screwed H everything up. Out of the ashes. Yeah, old Triple H is going to fix everything because he he happened to build an indie and NXT by signing all the indie talent, which by the way people complain about. Let's just point that out again too. So so let's. Let's do let let's kind of illustrate this for the good people that are listening, and let's pull up the the news article where I broke my own rule and actually allowed a sports key article to be used on this show again, mainly because it's bullshit, and, and so I wanted to to point that out. Um, so if we pull up the article, um, have you had a chance to pull up the article yet? As I'm just randomly talking, filibustering. Did you finally get muted? No, you dropped. We've lost Patrick O'Dowd. Okay, so while we get Patrick O'Dowd left, I will do his job, and I will go over this article. So Sportskeeda put out an article after last week's Monday Night Raw, uh, which of course did the the lowest, uh, you know, the the all time low record. The July ninth edition of Raw averaged two point four seven zero million viewers, the lowest viewership in the average or lowest viewership average in the history of the program. 
and in hours of 2.58 million, 2.508 million, and 2.32 million. Um, and people are talking about the lack of competition and, and you know, previous lowest being the presidential debate between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump along with Monday Night Football. Just like a lot of, of issues that are going on with Raw. And of course, it had the the, bra, the the Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley brawl and the Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre main event. So this was the lowest rated Raw in history. Patrick Dad, welcome back. Thank you. You know what you should never do? What? Just just click just click a link without telling it to open it in a new tab. Because you know what it does? It'll it'll open that article right in the tab, and your studio goes away. It's crazy. Sure will. So (laughs) so we just established something that you already knew, and that last week's edition of Raw, the lowest rated in company history. So everything's right click and and open in a new tab. The bonus link that I have provided. Oh, the bonus link. Yeah, the bonus link. Because we've already established the link. So opening the bonus link. It lists the top 25 original cable shows among young adults, 18 to 49, from Monday, July 9th, 2018. Now, the 1849 um, demographic is the, the, the most wanted demographic, the key demographic. So it's not even the total viewers. It, the, the, it's the rating amongst the 18 to, 18 to 49 crowd. Patrick O'Dowd, what was the number one show on July 9th for the 18 to 49 crowd? <laughs> Love and hip hop, Atlanta. Exactly. Yeah, love. Okay. What was number two? Uh, the WWE Entertainment. What was number three? Um, WWE Entertainment. What was number four? Teen Mom Two. Harry what was number five? Um, WWE Entertainment. So, despite having the lowest rating in the history of Monday Night Raw. It was three of the top five rated hours on cable television that night for the coveted demographic of 18 to 49 years old. It was, it was still yeah. three of the t- – it was 60% of the top five, but the end yeah, is yeah. Oh, yeah, it's all falling apart. It's all um, falling apart. Has it held steady with the exact same, you know, rating too? By that, by the way, like it's not yeah. like like the viewership dropped in hour number three, but not enough to change their point. So, you, you really are you're really drilling down on a number that's just not that valid anymore. No, it really isn't that valid anymore, and and it, it it's just I mean it, it just drives me crazy because. No one wants to talk about that fact. Like you can't just compare the number to other numbers from before because it was the number two, three, and five show for the week, and and that's something that needs to, you know, needs to matter. And and that's again among just just among that demographic. Now when you take out that demographic, things do change a little bit. So so when when you actually look at everything overall. Um, you know, it, yep. it raw gets a little bit lower, but you know it was beating it out. All TV news. Oh, yeah. TV news. And everywhere it was TV news. Furthermore, this week, Raw was again three of the top six because you also had the MLB celebrity softball game, which, by the way, the Miz was the MVP of. So, you know, even there, you still can't get away from WWE. So, So, I mean, I hope people get the point. Like, it doesn't mean what you want it to mean. And that, that to me, is the key point. It's not that it 
doesn't mean what they think it means because they don't know what it means. It doesn't mean what people want it to mean. So I'll, I'll pose right. question number three on the old rundown to people and to you, Patrick O'Dowd. How are television – I said how is this, and of course this meaning television ratings. How are television ratings factored into the success and the marketability of a brand? This is opinion, um, by the way. We, we, we're not people who buy and sell TV shows. So this is opinion. Well, I, I will say this. I do think that the ratings are still a number that carry weight. Like, I, I do think that that is, that is true. Like, I think that um, while, we, while we can sit here and show that the metrics prove that it's maybe not what it used to be, when selling – and, you know, and Bischoff talks about this a little bit too. I know you, you've been really hepped up on 83 Weeks. Um, ratings are nice and they're important, but it, it is also about being able to sell the ad revenue space um, that's, you know, part of that show as well. So when you can say, you know, eyes are on this television, you know, on this program and, and here's the proof and this is why people want to buy it. I do think that that makes it a more marketable show. Um, I don't think that it factors into the success of the brand. And I think that that's proven uh, when you start to look at other metrics and what's, you know, what's watched. Like the WWE name doesn't need high ratings anymore to be considered a, a, a known brand and commodity. And, you know, it's, it's not an embarrassing thing to follow anymore. So it doesn't, it doesn't need that niche audience the way that I think we like to think it does. Um, Cause it is a worldwide brand and people want the WWE to come there. Uh, regardless of whether or not you have TV rates. So let me let me follow up because I I can't say anything that that would be different than what you said there. So yep. if you're a TV executive and you're not a TV executive, yep. so we're having to pretend to be an expert yep. in what we're talking about, kind of like everybody on Twitter, but that's okay. So except for us, we're the smartest people on Twitter. But uh, I am the King Solomon of the internet wrestling community. I haven't used that one recently. I'm going to use it again here today. So if you are a TV executive and you're having to decide whether or not to invest in a program, whether or not your Fox, you have to decide what to do, whether or not to bring somebody over to your network. Are you going to look at the ratings numbers and just say, oh, well, your ratings are down? Or are you going to look at the rankings and see where the company and the shows rank against their competitors on those same nights? What just common sense tells you is more important. Uh, it's the rankings. It's it's because what, what when you look at the bigger picture of the numbers, what that bigger bigger picture of the numbers tells you one is that the WWE is still popular. Two, it also tells you that everybody's down. Um, and again, and that right. goes back to what you're talking about before. Like this is the time of year when fewer people watch television anyway. It's why no new shows debut really on television. Like if a, if a show debuts in the summertime, it's it's throwing shit against the wall to see if it sticks. Right. That's why we keep bringing back so many old shows. Yeah. Because we know they worked. I mean, the ABC is bringing back Roseanne without Roseanne. Like, it's just... Right, right. They're they're doing what they can to to maximize those those ratings. Now, if if Raw starts to slip in the rankings, then I think you have an argument. But it's not. And and even if it's got to slip far, because, again, still being one of the top ten is a big deal. Like, but no one wants to talk about that. Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm waiting for the day that we see a headline from a wrestling news website that says Monday Night Raw ranked number two in the TV rankings this week. Like, no one ever focuses on that, and that's the yeah. more important number. 
No, absolutely. And in fact, I'll say it on air. He'll get mad at me. But, like, I have to now go tell Eric, who does a bang-up job with the news, better than anybody else we've ever had, anybody else that, that we probably could have, does an amazing job. He's a one-man wrecking machine when it comes to putting out wrestling news. We can't just report the ratings numbers for Raw anymore. We have to report the rankings because that number actually matters. And, yeah. and, and we'll report the ratings because people – want it and and so we've got to do that but we'll report the rankings because people need it and, and and part of what eric does so well is to put that perspective on the news and that's something that that we're really committed to at the chair shot is that we're just going to give you the news we're going to give some perspective again hoping to help you understand wrestling more and hoping to help you enjoy the product more it's not just about this show it kind of also goes into some other areas so that's a change that I think we all need to make because those rankings do matter. In fact, they matter more than the overall number. Otherwise, you have no frame of reference. You, you just have you know, a number, and you don't know if it's any good. It's, it's like you, you, you open up a lemonade stand, and you go home to your mom, and your mom's like, well, how much money did you make on your lemonade stand? You're like, I made $27. I don't know. How much did you make last week? How much did the other lemonade stand make? You know, if the other lemonade stand made $12 and you made $27, that's amazing. If the other lemonade stand made $112 and you made $27, what'd you do wrong? You know, what's wrong with your lemonade? Right. And and that's, you know, unfortunately, the TV rate rankings, not the ratings, but the rankings tell us there's nothing wrong with the WWE's lemonade. And that's a problem that a lot of people have because they want the lemonade to be wrong so the WWE will change the recipe, and they just don't need to. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Poor, poor wrestling I can't, fans. I can't, I can't add to that. Because it, it's honestly, once we break it down like this, it's common freaking sense. Yeah. Like, like it, I mean, a lot you of have it, half it, an education, this makes sense. Well, I mean, not if they were public school. <laughs> I was in public school. You were in public school. I know. That's so, the point. That's why the joke's funny. Oh my goodness. It is it is funny. But it's just it's just so 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 big lesson there is focus on the rankings, not on the ratings, and just again, take steps to better understand what you're watching or go watch something else. Like there's kind of two steps you could take. Number one, better understand the product, and number two, take a break from it so you can enjoy it again. Because either if you take either of those steps, I think you'll enjoy wrestling more again in the end, and that really is the goal in all of this. Like, I don't want people to hate wrestling. I want people to love wrestling, so they'll continue to consume it, continue, the business will continue to grow in advance, because that's what is supposed to be fun. Alright, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is Go ahead and hop back into our little DM between you and I. Yeah, I'm, I'm scroll, scrolling up to find it now. Yeah, because we we had I sent you a tweet and you had already seen it, of course, because you're yep. you're. Why wouldn't you have seen a tweet from this person? But if you could share with the people the tweet that I sent you from our, our good friend Carmella, have you gotten to it yet, or do you need me to? Oh buy yeah, you I've, I've already got it's up. It's in front of me. Okay, um, of course it is. It says me, and in parentheses, breathes. And then, internet. Carmella sucks at breathing. It's so unfair she gets to breathe more than girls who are better than her at breathing. She gets zero stars for not knowing how to breathe properly. Laughing face emoji. A million times. I love Carmella so much. 
I do too, and I love the fact that she's going at the haters like like she is because that's just what she should be doing. Because she's on television, she has beat Oscar twice, she beat Charlotte twice. I mean, she's just she's on top of the world right now in terms of the women's division, and I'm probably going to come crashing down at SummerSlam. But that's the yep. point. That's the story you tell. She right, right. right now, right now, Carmella is building Oscar. Like like oh, absolutely. Uh, People are throwing their keyboard out the window right now that I just said that. Carmella is building Asuka, and, and, and it just, it's going to blow people's minds. But the payoff's going to come at SummerSlam. And, and I know on SmackDown tonight they're putting Becky Lynch in position to, to possibly challenge. And people are like, oh, my God, they've already forgotten about Asuka. Dude, SummerSlam's in five weeks, man. Like, give them yeah, time. It's like the, it. it's like the WrestleMania it's like the WrestleMania build like you got like seven years between the Royal Rumble and, <laughs> and WrestleMania anymore like you got a pay per view in between there and like people are freaking out. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Like I I don't understand this this idea that that Carmella is. You know, people say she's bad and that she's awful and, and terrible. One, she's not that bad in the ring. Um, I think you no. see what you want to see. You see somebody that you don't want to be your women's champion um, because she's a heel. She, like, and honestly, I think this is high praise um, in in my own personal opinion. Right now, she reminds me a little bit of the Honky Tonk Man. Um, oh, yeah. You know, with the belt, keeping the belt, but, uh, you know, getting getting cheap pins and getting wins through nefarious ways that, that show her surviving as the champion. Um, I love, but... But I, I also don't think that her ring work is as awful as it is. She's she's falling into that realm where if something goes wrong in the ring, no matter who it's against or whose fault it is, it, it it's her fault because right. you just don't like her, um, which when I think is hilarious. Nine times out of and ten, I, uh, nine times out of ten, a botch is caused by the person taking the move, not the person giving the move. Yeah. And and it's not to say that Carmella by any means is the greatest women's wrestler in the women's division. It's by no means saying that she, you know, is somehow, you know, loose as out there. She's not. Um, but to act like she is bad or that she ha- somehow didn't, you know, earn her way into this position or that her character isn't doing its job, which it absolutely is. And that 100%. character, like, the, you know, that ca- the character on Twitter is, is just living large. In fact, my favorite thing about her Twitter account right now is her pinned tweet at the top. Which reminds me of Chris Jericho, because it just says Mella is more money than, and it's a list. Oh yeah. And Oscar's at the top, and it works its way down. And some of the names that pop up on this, uh, Mariah Carey's in here somewhere. I think Wonder Woman, uh, Kim Possible. Like this is. I love the fact that. The seventh name on the list. The seventh name on the list is Lillian Garcia. The fifth is Dawn Marie. Like it's just yeah. so good. Like it's it's well it's it's just great and you know it goes on for four pages and then it says rest of list available on request. That's a oh, character. Yeah. That's a character doing doing his thing. And if you can't get behind that, then that goes back to what Greg talked about earlier. Like if you can't just watch the product product and let the story be told, then what are you doing? And and, and why 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 are you hating on it? Because it's not a bad story. Like I would say, honestly, not a bad story. Um, no, we've it's seen a great bad story. stories. It's, it's not. It's not like this is Katie Vick. All right. It's not like exactly. It's not like it's not like Triple H is driving around pulling a coffin behind him in a car. 
Like, we don't have that. Or whoever was boss man, big boss man, right? right. That's who did that. Yeah. Uh, so, so just stop taking wrestling so seriously, people. Like, just stop. Like, it's, 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 it's not a real sport. Also, and it's not they're not real athletes. I'll make but, a comparison that another one people are going to hate, and and I'm not. I, I love Oscar. I love some of these. All right, look at Natalia. Okay, she's so, trained in the Hart Family Dungeon. She she's, you know, an amazing in ring performer. If you told me right now I could watch a Carmella match or I could watch an Natalia match, I'm choosing Carmella ten times out of ten, and not because she's the better wrestler, because she's not. She's the better performer. She's more entertaining. And that's why I watch no. wrestling is to be entertained, and 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 that's why I'm here. You know, I'm here to be entertained. I'm here to escape. I work all kinds of hours during the day. I come home and and I work. I have responsibilities with things outside of work. I have a family, just like you do. I don't want to sit down and watch wrestling and it also be more work. I want to sit down and watch wrestling and have a smile on my face and and be entertained. That's what and Carmella even said it, like or Alexa Bliss said it. Like our job is to put smiles on people's faces. Like that's been said mm-hmm. so many times in in the WWE and what they do, and that's the business they're in. They're not in the business of putting on great matches. That's the business that New Japan is in, Ring of Honor is in. They're in the business of making people happy. And outside of the four percent of fans on Twitter that hate it, they're achieving their business greatly. That's why they signed two different billion dollar television contracts it's all common sense it really is and, and that's something that i want to do in the future we always talk about the phrase suspension of a suspension of disbelief yeah and i want to flip that around on the internet and talk about suspension of common sense because i think that's something that we've really gotten into and i think it's another topic that we can talk about because this show is shifting this we we really are becoming uh, a show about the wrestling business and 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 the business side of the business and the hows and the whys and how the fans consume and that's kind of the direction that we've gone and just naturally we didn't do it on purpose but we've kind of found kind of realized you know hey this is where we are right now and that's fine that's probably where we should be so lots of very interesting things this show flew by today like literally. It, it feels yep. like we've been on the air for 20 minutes, and we've been on the air for over an hour. So, yeah, yeah we're been on the air for like 11 years. That's right. That's true. Yes, we've been on the air for 11 years. He is on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. It's at W R E S T L N G. R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no I in wrestling. There is one in realist. He's a wrestling realist. He's Patrick O'Dowd. Say goodbye to the people. Good night, people. That's right. No, Patrick, I'll let you do it because you do it so much better than we do it. Okay, I wanted to have some music to put along with it, but I didn't have a chance to put it together because I had to prep for everything last night because I wouldn't have the time today, and I didn't want to do that delayed show like we did a few weeks ago. But I'll let you tell the people since you don't want to do the Twitter handle, and I get that. But I think you can do this one effectively, Patrick O'Dowd. Spill the beans. We, we are lucky enough to be joined next week by someone that we talked oh. to almost seven years ago on this program. And it's still, to this day, and this person's mind was blown when I told him this, still one of the best interviews we've ever done. And, and it was one of those interviews where I was literally getting messages from people that are like, this interview is running too long, but please don't stop it. Like it was that engaging of an interview. So Patrick O'Dowd. Who 
do we get to be joined by? I wish I had the New Day who who clip, but I don't. All right, all right. Who do we get to be joined by next week on the Greg DeMarco Show with Patrick O'Dowd and Greg DeMarco? Next week we get to be joined by friend of the program uh, Jimmy Rave. Um, Jimmy Rave. Next week we will be Jimmy Rave approved. We're gonna they're gonna have a lot of fun. I'm really excited about talking to Jimmy Rave. Just like one of those things. Yeah, that it was, it comes it was, to it was really good. I, re, I remember that interview, and I do. I I remember being like, wow. Um, and our interviews always tended to run long anyway. We we were Especially very much then. about letting. Yeah, we but we were very much willing to let a wrestler talk and just go. Right. And we we didn't really do too much in that interview other than say, Jimmy, talk. Um, because he had had a very specific message and story that he wanted to share. And we had questions that we were able to ask and get in there, but it really wasn't, um, it was very, it was a very engaging sharing of his experience. And I think that's what made that so appealing and why so many people talk about that, you know, talked about that show when it aired and it got a lot of listenership. So I'm very excited to have him back. It'll be, it'll be great to have him back on the show. Plus it's, it's seven years later as Patrick O'Dowd would put it yep. 12 years later. So it's well, really yeah. exciting. Funny thing. So we in interviewed 1974, Jimmy Raven. we interviewed Jimmy yeah. We interviewed Jimmy Rave in 2011, and the height of his kind of run in Ring of Honor was 2006. And in 2006, people were chucking toilet paper at Jimmy Rave like crazy. I pulled up a recent match of Jimmy Raves from 2016. Guess what people did when he got in the ring? They threw toilet paper at him. Ten years later, all is removed from his Ring of Honor run. They're still – and he took it and he threw it back at him. Like it was so perfect and so beautiful. And and that's got to be so gratifying to him. And we'll ask him about that. But the people still chuck toilet paper at him. It's just so, so amazing. So, yep, next week – we get to be joined by Jimmy Raves. A little bit of a different show next week, probably more of an interview than anything else, but it's going to be lots of fun. So good times, Patrick O'Dowd. We will uh, – lot, lots of you, – you talked more on this episode than sometimes you get to talk. It was very – you know, PC Tunney wants to tweet and try to stir things up and say he wants to see the Patrick O'Dowd show. It, it was yeah, – this is, this is as close as you're going to get it this week. All right. You stepped aside. Dang, well done. Well, that's because you knew more about this topic than I did, oh, <laughs> and I'm smart enough to know to do that. So there, there we go. go. The old wrestling realist, Patrick O'Dowd. Real quick, I want to throw it out there for you listening. If you're in the state of Arizona, come out on Friday night and check out Sonoran Championship Wrestling. I'm lucky enough to have some influence there over that product that you're going to see. So come out. If you hate me, come out and see how poorly I'm going to do, except when it goes well. Uh, you can tell me how well it went, or you can tell me how bad it went. I- I'll be happy to hear that information either way. But please do come out. And, and check out Sonoran Championship Wrestling. It's at scwaz.com, scwaz, uh, excuse me, scwrestlingaz.com, or scwrestlingaz on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. It's all over the place. Come check it out. Tickets are cheap, $10 for adults, $5 for kids. This is probably one of the last times you're going to get tickets at that rate. So come and check it out. Enjoy the show, and uh, come by and say hi, because we'd love to see that. Love to have you there, and we'll definitely put on a product that you are proud to enjoy. Next week, Jimmy Rave. going to be lots of fun, people, so we'll see you then. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. We are gathered here today and this is this thing called life.
Marco, I need you. I can't live without you. I want you right now. I'd actually like to take this opportunity to wish Greg DeMarco Show best in all his future endeavors. <laughs> Imagine not making a car payment for an entire year. Awesome, right? Alaska USA Federal Credit Union's Great Give Back Sweepstakes is your chance to win zero car payments for 12 months. All you need is a checking account and a car loan with Alaska USA Federal Credit Union. Visit our Facebook page or your local branch for details. Alaska USA Federal Credit Union. Just one of the ways we're better than banking. Federally insured by NCUA. No purchase, transaction, or obligation necessary to enter or to win. See official rules. When your battery goes dead, everything can come to a stop. Don't take a chance on getting stranded. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and get your battery tested free of charge. If your battery does need to be replaced, O'Reilly Auto Parts can help you find the exact superstar battery that fits your car or truck at a guaranteed low price. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 